Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today's podcast, I thought I'd do something on exchange-traded funds because they keep coming up, um, whether it's on my YouTube live stream. That uh, If you haven't seen that, it's Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So get in there and uh, get online and uh, Janine and myself do this live show where you can ask us questions. We look at stocks in the marketplace. So it's great for traders or an investor. So... Um, and as I said, we do get a lot of questions on exchange-traded funds and people bringing them up and saying, have a look at this, should I be investing in ETFs? Um, what are ETFs? And I do get emails from time to time as well on them. And it is quite interesting why I think uh, people are looking at ETFs. I mean, obviously, they've been widely publicized. And to me, an exchange-traded fund is just the same. It's a managed fund. It's just different label on it pretty much, uh, and it really they came to four after the GFC, we saw a lot of people lose a hell of a lot of money, because uh, they were stuck in managed funds during the GFC, so the industry was quite decimated in that managed fund industry, you saw record levels of people pulling out of managed funds at the bottom in 2008, 2009, getting out of managed funds, and the inflows into the funds were very, very, very low. And so what they've done is come up with this thing called exchange-traded funds, where they made this fund, and now you can buy and sell that fund through the ASX or through a stockbroker. So they're saying, hey, well, you've got more control, because you can buy and sell this anytime you like. And the biggest thing that I talk about, or biggest thing that I find people say to me, I get more diversification with an exchange-traded fund. But let me ask you a question. Is more diversification better or worse for you? And will it get you better returns or not? And what is it costing you? Or what is it gaining for you? Now looking at a, an exchange traded fund, for example, if you're looking at an exchange traded fund that matches the All Ordinaries Index, the All Ordinaries Index has 500 stocks and people go, well, I'll buy this Vanguard one or a Macquarie one or whoever else, or an iShares or a BetaShares ETF that mirrors the All Ordinaries Index. And in theory, you're supposed to get exposure to 500 stocks on the All Ordinaries Index because in theory they're supposed to own, that managed fund is supposed to own all 500 stocks in their ETF for the All Ordinaries Index so that they do mirror the return. But interestingly they don't most of the time or they don't quite often own all of those 500 shares but do you really want to own 500 shares? As a person, if you've read my book How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20% or my latest one, Accelerate Your Wealth, you, only need, you know you only need 8 to 12 shares in your portfolio to have the minimum amount of risk and the best amount of gain possible. The more you diversify, the more you de-worsify your portfolio, your returns get worse. 
because you're just getting what the index gets. Now, exchange-traded funds who match an index struggle with matching that index simply because there are fees. And a lot of people say to me, well, the, the ETFs are low fees. Yeah, on the surface, they're low fees. And you see them, um, you know, they're 0.2 or 0.3%, whatever the fee is. But you're paying brokerage in and you brokerage out. But you also get by sell spread, um, if, uh, where you're what the buy, the difference between your buying and selling. But there's other fees within these ETFs because these people, these managers, have to manage the ETF, and they charge fair whacks of money for those. Uh, they've obviously got high wages and a whole lot of other high costs that they've got to bear when they're managing the ETF, and that comes out somewhere. So whilst they might have a small fee. Um, for administration but there'll be other fees mixed up in there that you don't actually know about but it's very 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 common for an index tracking ETF to not even match the index uh, and why would you do it when you can buy the top 10 stocks on the marketplace quite simply and easily and a lot of people say to me well what if the market crashes you know they say oh shares are risky you know what if the market falls well buying an ETF doesn't change any of that because the ETF then is still subject to the market falling or rising just as any stock would be. And people say yes but it's 500 stocks so it's less likely to fall less than, than what a BHP or a RIA or a top stock is. Possible. Not necessarily true. And uh, it isn't necessarily true. Uh, and the thing is it's about getting returns at a good acceptable risk level. And that's really what it is about getting returns and I find so many people believe the myths and misconceptions that buying direct shares is bad for you it's high risk and it's hard work it's none of those things buying direct shares good shares is never high risk it's never hard work you get better returns you get lower costs and you get far more control than you have over an ETF now I was doing some research just recently and I did an interview I do an interview every single week with a gentleman called Jim Beach in the US now Jim Beach is in McGraw-Hill best-selling author over there and uh, he runs a radio show that's syndicated across 25 radio stations if you haven't seen it uh, you can I do put a video of that up every Monday um, on our YouTube channel it's our US market report you can uh, google the school for startup radio which is uh, Jim's show school for startups radio um, he's an entrepreneur and as I said uh, he interviews me every week and I was talking about ETS with him a few weeks back and I remember I thought I'll do some research on that for him to help him understand or help his listeners um, understand in the US because ETFs are huge in the US. They push them very, very hard. Now, to give you an example, I was doing some research um, on the weekend for my chat today or this morning with Jim. It's Monday morning. And I just picked the top 10 stocks on the S&P 500 for the US market. So um, all I did was Googled the top stocks by market capitalization on the S&P 500. So that's what I got. So I got the top 10 stocks. So I got, basically, I've got a Google, Apple, Microsoft, ExxonMobil, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, Facebook, JP Morgan, that, all those sorts of big, big stocks on the S&P 500. Now, what I did was I went back five years and said, okay, what price were they on the 1st of January 2014? And what's the price as of today? Being Friday the 13th of September. That's pretty cool. So that was just over so about five and a half years, as I said, between 1st of January 2014 and uh, 13th of September, only a week last week or last Friday. And the difference between what they got and the S&P 500. Now, I'll tell you, the S&P 500 on the 1st of January 2014 
had an opening price of 1,845.86 points. It closed on Friday at 3,007.39 points and got 63% return. That's the capital gain on the S&P 500. And you go, well, okay, five and a half years, 63%, mm, roughly around about 10% a year. That's what it got. Well, here's the interesting thing. Looking at the stocks, Alphabet, 122% in the same time frame, doubled it. Apple, 176%, nearly tripled it. Microsoft, 268% in the same time frame, four times what the S&P 500 got. Google, 43%, so it didn't quite, uh, sorry, Google, 122%, doubled it. Johnson & Johnson, 43%, didn't quite make it. ExxonMobil was down 28%, it didn't make it definitely. Amazon, 361% growth in that time. Berkshire Hathaway B shares, 81% growth in that time. Still beat it. Facebook, 241%. JP Morgan 106%, um, which was a total of, uh, of all of those 10 stocks, it was a total of averaging 145% as opposed to 63%. Now, I don't know about you, but 8 out of 10 stocks in the top 10 in the S&P 500 beat the S&P 500. So if you had an S&P 500 index ETF, index tracking ETF, you would have made less than 63% because of tracking errors. You might have made 60, you might have made 59. Um, I don't fully know, but when I did look at them, they weren't. They didn't beat the S&P 500, all the ones I did look at. Whereas every one but two of the top 10 stocks on the S&P 500 beat the returns on the S&P 500. Now, you might say to me, well, what's the US market? The US market's been really bullish. No, it hasn't. Yes, the U.S. market made an all-time high only about in um, in July, but our market made a new all-time high in August. The S&P 500 has risen about nine percent in the last four years. The Australian All Ordinance Index has is risen so much more than nine percent in the last four years. The actual um, Australian S&P uh, 500 All Ordinance Index has risen more than the S&P 500 in the last four to five years. And you really need to understand that if I just did this, if you look at my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, which took into account the top 20 shares in the Australian stock market between the 1st of January 2007 through to the um, 2000, December 2016, so the 10-year period, including the GFC, we averaged more than the All Ordinaries Index. So if we had an ETF during that time, just by buying and selling using some really simple basic rules, you would have creamed the results on the market and any ETF out there and, and I can't say that enough if you're buying index ETFs you are not looking after your portfolio you think you're taking a lower risk you're not if you think it's easier you're not thinking right because just buying and holding the top 10 stocks that's pretty easy now what if it goes down what if the market goes down what if your stock goes down what if your ETF goes down it's exactly the same but what I do suggest in my book is to have stop losses on your shares. If you have shares right now and you don't have an exit strategy, then you're taking high risk, regardless of whether you have your money in an ETF or whether you have it in a BHP or Rio or NAB or Fortescue or West Farmers or Cochlea, you name it. If you have your money in the market, in an ETF or a stock, you've got the same amount of risk. And people say, but as a fund manager managing the ETF, well, yes, they are, but they're only matching the index. They're not actively managing the portfolio, and if the all odds goes down, 
the ETF goes down regardless. So you're not getting less risk, you're not getting less work, but you're getting a worse return. Now I know, don't know about you, but I'd rather get better returns than less returns, and by better returns by a long way, not just by a little way. Now the compounding effect on that over a period of 10 or 20 years is huge. So e index ETFs are perceived to be safe because you think, well, it's a professional manager, but they're not. They perceive to make, give you more control to the investor. Well, they don't give you any more control than buying and selling BHP, um, but they give you more control over a traditional managed fund. I do agree with all of that. Um, but investors really don't understand the risk they're taking and how to invest in index ETFs is costing them a lot of money. Now, do you realize if you're in an ETF, whether it's a physical or they're buying the physical or they have a synthetic ETF? For example, if you've got an ETF, it's supposed to, if you have an ETF on the All Ordinaries Index to track the index, they're supposed to, in theory, buy all 500 stocks on the All Ordinaries Index. Now, some of them don't. Some of them might only loosely track that in terms of they might buy the top 100 and the rest they use derivatives like options to gain exposure to that or they might just buy the top 100, that's all they might do. So they're not necessarily owning all the assets in terms of all of the stock within the S&P 500. They might be complete synthetic where they're just using options to gain exposure to the market rather than having physical assets. So you need to read all the fine print on the ETF to see what it is. And what happens if the market falls heavily, what are they gonna do? So you need to read that fine print on the PDS before you just blindly go and buy an ETF if that's what you're going to do. But uh, you also you have tracking errors, buy, sell, um, bid ask spreads that can be costing you money so it's not just as simple as picking an ETF and putting your money into it and forgetting about it and it really isn't because when when the market does have another heavy fall I'm not saying if I'm saying when it does because the market will always have another heavy fall just like we had in the GFC just like it was in 1929 to 1932 like the bear market we saw in the 70s the 87 crash don't think we're not going to have another one again. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week or next month. But when we do, when you're in an ETF, I'm sure the proverbial is going to hit the fan and mum and dad are going to get stuck into it. Not stuck into it, stuck in those. Because um, I wouldn't put me put it past them to stop the ETFs being quoted on the exchange and freeze them for a while if the market started falling heavily. Uh, because they'd be looking at protecting their position. The big fund managers are known to protect themselves, not the individuals. So again, as I said, read the prospectuses and make sure you fully understand what you're investing in because just don't assume, because it's a managed fund, an exchange traded fund, that it's much better for you that you can get in and get out whenever you like. And um, yeah, I have been a little bit alarmist because a lot of people aren't listening um, to me and I would never buy me personally never buy an index ETF I just again if I wanted to buy and hold I just buy the top 10 stocks on the Australian market today they're easy to find sit them in buy them and sit them in the back door or put them in under your mattress so to speak and hold them for 10 years and you'll make money regardless of what the market is actually doing so hopefully you've enjoyed my podcast a little take as uh, on ETFs and I'm just imploring you to do your own research on them the only ETFs that I actually I won't even say I recommend, but the only ones I do accept are ones in areas that are different. And I mean different ones that you don't necessarily understand or I don't necessarily understand. Something like artificial intelligence or robotics or something a little bit left to feel where you do need 
somebody who's dedicated to that area that really does understand it. And you want to gain exposure to multiple stocks in that area rather than have risk in one. That's where that diversification argument happens. But from a point of view of index ETFs or majority of ETFs, the argument doesn't stack up in my book. So um, you've been listening to Talking Wealth. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Good luck. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.